Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're going to update the ongoing saga between Washington Spirit and the ownership group. But before we get into all that, a quick reminder, uh, you can write Attacking Third on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It is so easy. And if you're listening right now on any of those apps that you like, please go and give us a five-star rating. It truly helps us out here at Attacking Third. Much love, as always, to our listeners. We have another update to get through. Lisa, we did a spirit timeline before, and now we have some interesting developments that we're going to go through with all of our listeners. Uh, But first, uh, how are you? How are things in your area? Well, Sandra, it's funny you ask how things are in my area. Um, We're recording this, which is fantastic, but we tried to record it maybe 20 minutes ago and my internet crashed. The joys of working from home. Um, There is an outage in my area right now, which is very unfortunate, but thanks to the magic of cell phones and hotspots and my fantastic fiance offering me his phone while he runs out to the gym during this outage. Uh, yeah, we're here doing this. So I'm using a hotspot. We're recording this episode. We're getting it done. We're creating content. Um, we'll see how it goes. So if I (laughs) just randomly disappear, it's because my internet has yet again crashed. So work from home life. Woo. Let's do it. Uh, shout out to Jimmy coming to the rescue (laughs) with the hotspot. If it's not the internet outage, it's construction on the building. It's, uh, it's, oh, yeah. My neighbors upstairs were building like, I don't know, all of their bedroom furniture. So uh, apartment living, work from home. It's we're keeping it real listen, at Attacking Third. We had a you, drill going for a while, but it's stopped. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Listen, if you don't get nothing else from Attacking Third, you get authenticity, baby. That's what we bring to this space. Oh, my goodness. We had to have a couple laughs, right? Before we uh, went into this, because it's kind of a serious little bit of an update that we've got with Washington Spirit. We did, uh, you know, several months back, go through a bit of a timeline, right, with Washington Spirit in terms of the things that this franchise was was going through off of the pitch. Because we were there covering what was happening on the pitch. That team was going through a lot, but had a quick turnaround and made it all the way to a championship final run and lifted the trophy at the end of the year. But there was everything that was happening off of the pitch. Uh, and a lot of it was uh, centered around this sort of interfighting that took place between 
the the ownership groups, uh, majority owner Steve Baldwin, uh, Spirit Washington Spirit uh, co-owner and, and founder uh, Bill Lynch, and why uh, Michelle King, who was who was brought in during 2021, along with several other uh, smaller minority investor uh, owners. So there's just so, sort of been an, an ongoing uh, back and forth of of control, really, you know, over the team moving forward. And it sort of came in light of a, of a very sort of, um, you know, unprecedented type of season. You know, we had to cover a lot of things during 2021 um, that we didn't anticipate having to cover, you know, and it was, uh, for lack of articulation, it was, it was tough. It was a tough year to cover and Washington spirit and what they were going through as well was, was a part of that. So we saw a lot of different things from players speaking out, you know, advocating for safer environments, advocating against, uh, harassment, sexual harassment, all of those things, verbal abuse and more. And, um, we talked to players throughout, throughout the year and, you know, the spirit were one of these teams that sort of felt like they were having to deal with it kind of week in and, and week out a little bit, not to mention, you know, different bouts with, with COVID and having to forfeit games and stuff like that. So there was a lot there. And as the off season kicked off, you had this championship squad, right. Mm-hmm. And some, uh, question marks of what was going to happen for this team in terms of the franchise, in terms of the ownership as they went in to 2022. So let's maybe start there. Let's go with a recap of this. And we're going to run through things down for our listeners so that they have the most up-to-date infor- information. The club during 2021 announced that uh, former head coach, Washington, uh, Washington Spirit head coach Richie Burke had resigned due to health reasons. This is in August of 2021. And just hours after the resignation, the Washington Post reported that an investigation was underway for Burke's abusive behavior amongst the club and was accused of harassment. The club was then uh, accused of, of trying to hide that behavior with sort of uh, that initial announcement of his resignation. Um, and uh, it didn't look very pretty, right? It, it sort of looked like uh, something else was going on uh, behind the scenes, that there was intention to have retain Burke and keep mm-hmm. Burke in sort of a front office role versus like a full separation. And uh, by October, uh, players had written letters asking Steve Baldwin to sell his stake in the team to partial owner Y. Michelle King. Uh, and there was an ongoing investigation taking place while all of this was occurring uh, post uh, after the reporting from the Washington Post and sort of, you know, right around the time when the layers that the players had released this letter and other teams and players were demonstrating, um, doing player demonstrations uh, during games uh, throughout throughout the season. So at the results of that investigation, it ended up coming out that there was going to be a formal, an official and formal separation of Richie Burke from the Washington spirit and NWSL that, this was uh, based on the investigations that was someone would not uh, seen fit to basically work with players in NWSL. Um, and there was also uh, further consequences uh, issued to the spirit, uh, sort of excommunicating them from uh, league governance, uh, not having a place at the NWSL uh, board of governors, and ultimately uh, given a little bit of a deadline. And that was sort of kind of cloudy and a little, uh, you know, had some unanswered questions there. A deadline for the club to come back with a response, essentially, to these the results of these investigations. 
And it turns out that the, the answer was, listen, there is going to be an ongoing search for new ownership in this club, that there is going to be an intention to shell, uh, to, to go ahead and sell one's shares of the team uh, by a certain time. And that that was going to take an extended amount of time. Um, so that was the initial like two week deadline. Like, Hey, here, here's the, the answer. The answer is we have to conduct a search to find out, uh, to go and find and seek out uh, new ownership to, to buy these shares. Although Michelle King, has often been in the forefront during this time between August through the end of 2021 as being someone who wanted to go ahead and be the person to obtain and buy and purchase the majority shares of the Washington spirit. So since the end of the season. And Sandra, I think before you really keep going and you're doing fantastic, why Michelle Kang wanted to own the team. And it's so important to say that the players and the Washington spirit fan base wanted why Michelle Kang to own the team. It's like, it was like, it was, it was like a unified message almost, even though the players had put out their own letter, right. Literally stating the person that we trust here is Michelle. Right. But even before the players put out this letter, fans, we saw this from Mm -hmm. fans, Washington Spirit fans, and then sort of echoed throughout different stadiums in the league. We saw these calls for sell the team, Steve, right during 2021. It was uh, it was apparent that there was like a, a shift happening a bit. But at the conclusion of 2021, And now into 2022, there still hasn't been an official announcement for a sale of ownership with this team, Lisa. There hasn't. And as a timeline reminder for everyone, February 1st is when the players report to preseason for the 2022 season. And initially, it was said that there would be a plan in place by the end of 2021 for Baldwin to sell his ownership to someone else that still has not been made and, and plans have not been set forth. And we are now in the middle of January um, just over a month until preseason starts for these players. So at, at this point, why Michelle Kang is saying, I want this team and I want to be owner of it and I am willing to take control of it and, and buy it. The players are saying, we want Michelle Kang to own this team. And the fan base and the supporters are saying, we want Kang in the ownership. Um, instead of Baldwin selling his part to Kang, he actually tries to blackmail her a little bit. Uh, they go back and forth in internal fighting. Um, it really, Baldwin just attempting to push Kang out of any deal that is being made and have to have any control and any ownership of Washington spirit. And and from the outside, it looks like an ownership battle uh, of pettiness, just Baldwin not wanting to sell to Kang and Kang doing whatever she can to make sure she gets uh, ownership. So uh, another name you mentioned earlier in this is, is Bill Lynch. He is, um, majority owner of the club and he worked with Baldwin uh, to create a majority ownership of the Washington spirit. And so with that majority ownership of over 50%, they control really the destiny and the decisions that happen um, in the voting for the ownership for Washington spirit. So at this point, Baldwin controlled that uh, bill and Baldwin. Um, So they voted on all club interest matters. So if 
the club was going to be sold, they got to vote on it. And Michelle Kang was out of those meetings, out of the room where those conversations were happening um, and everything like that. So at this point, Michelle Kang offers $35 million to Baldwin to buy his shares in the Washington Spirit Stake. This is the second highest, or, or this is the highest offer that any NWSL team has ever seen before. The next highest offer was when Seattle Rain team got sold to the OL group, and that was for just over $3 million. And Kang is now offering $35 million. Uh, at this point, Baldwin is still entertaining lower offers from others and just flat out refusing to sell to Kang, which at this point, this raises some suspicion and raises some eyebrows at the ownership group. And do they actually have the best interest in mind for this club and for this team? Because someone that is so willing and so wanting of this team to offer $35 million for just partial ownership of this NWSL club. And the fact that the owners aren't even entertaining that idea, it's it's a little fishy. There are definitely uh, some flags that have been happening. Yeah. So that's really the history and the buildup yeah. to everything that then happened this week, Sandra. Yeah, it raised a ton of suspicion, you know, even even then. That, that was really what was coming out of maybe even the off season alongside any participation in like an expansion draft or the NWSL draft or any type of player movement, right. Happening for this franchise. What was also keeping them in the news and in the headlines was what's going to happen next, right? There's this massive offer. There's a refusal to sell to this particular owner. Um, and it raised a lot of concerns. I mean, and quite frankly, it raised a lot of legal concerns. Like, mm -hmm. what does that mean? You know, if there is a out, is a there's a, there's a flat out refusal of this type of offer. You know, what about the other minority investors and in, in, in their place in this uh, to sort of not be able to see the dividends of that? Right. It's just like deliberately kind of blocking the potential, uh, you know, initial in, in investments. Um, so there was a lot there for sure. There was the sort of vibe that uh, legally things could possibly get uglier before they actually got resolved. And now here we are in 20. 22 and and meanwhile the clock is ticking and it's just wild. I mean, every day is, is going by and it's just kind of like what's happening here but um finding the right cleat can be transformative believe me i've worn plenty during my career so getting the right balance is crucial the cleat needs to feel good on your foot but also feel good connecting with the ball the new balance furon 7 plus is built with both of those points in mind offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. There was finally some additional updates, let's just say, for, for 2022 for this for this franchise. But early early this month, the Washington Post reported that uh, Steve Baldwin was getting ready to, to sort of uh, commit to sell his shares to billionaire Todd Bohealy at $25 million, still uh, about 40% less than the initial offer from Y. Michelle King. And it was a deal that needed to be approved by the NWSL Board of Governors and CEO Marla Messing. And the sale needed to be approved by February 1st, like the deadline Lisa mentioned earlier, when the NWSL players go ahead and report for preseason. But then ultimately, a few days later, with reporting via The Athletic, uh, a little bit of a plot twist, you know, as it just it just it just thickens, doesn't it? Uh, according to the reporting via The Athletic, uh, why Michelle King obtained majority control. In fact, 52 percent of the majority control by convincing eight of the franchise debt holders to convert their debt to equity, giving King a voting block a majority voting block giving her the right to vote on governance matters, for example, the potential sale of a club. So just ongoing, I mean, it's almost like this ongoing chess match, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like someone's making a move and someone else is making a counter move. So you have multiple owners, right? You have Steve Baldwin, majority owner. You know, you have Bill Lynch, the founder. You have Y. Michelle King trying to, to gain ownership, really. She has emphasized that she wants to be the owner of this club, that she believes in a woman-led, locally-led franchise in a way, and she would be able to lead the way to do that. Uh, but in reaching out to several other investors, you ha- she had to do this in a way to obtain majority control. And the biggest piece to this was Devin Talbot, along with about seven other minority owners. So Baldwin and Lynch had been working together, obviously, in terms of trying to seek out a deal for this, uh, you know, to, to sell the shares of of this franchise. Um, but it, there's, it's hitting a major, major, major roadblock now that King has worked, you know, with with Devin Taba and these other minority owners to, to essentially uh, gain majority ownership at this time, at least voting control. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Gaining voting control of this club moving forward. And it it comes with, with Devin Talbot as that main piece with these multiple shares that he ends up selling to King in the form of a note. And the other minority owners convincing them to convert their shares of debt into equity and ultimately like extending this commitment to King. And sort of, it's kind of like, raising the banner and rallying around this particular uh, owner. So by having sort of wrestled these votes, having wrestled these uh, this, this amount of percentage, at the very least controlling a voting stake that could potentially kill any future sale by way of Baldwin and Lynch. And this was further confirmed in the form of a letter 
by Y. Michelle King to the NWSL Board of Governors, which was ultimately uh, obtained and released through uh, Molly Hensi Clancy of, of the Washington Post. Sandra, this is a lot of legal talk. It's a lot of business talk. And um, for me, I'm just a soccer analyst and I like talking soccer and I want the players to be safe, right? So I had to do a lot of research behind what this means because um, it's a lot of legal talk that that we're discussing here, but I, I needed to know. And so I did some Googling. I found out some stuff and I'm going to try to share that with you and our listeners to maybe gain a better understanding of how this is working. Uh, majority owner of the club makes the decisions. They sit with the board of governors. They meet with um, the other owners of NWSL clubs and they sit on the board of the NWSL and they make these decisions. That was what was originally taken away from Steve Baldwin earlier in the season when he was no longer allowed to be on the board. So because he owned majority of the team, he was making the decisions as to who to sell to, to not sell to why Michelle Kang for $35 million, to potentially sell to others for $25 million, Todd Bohealy uh, at $25 million. And why Michelle Kang was just sitting in the, the wings waiting for her chance, offering up her money, offering up her services, doing what she can to rally around and gain some ownership and some control of this club to support the players. So because of that, she went to her, her partners and her friends that are also part ownership and said, if you give me your shares and if you sell to me, I get to own majority of the Washington spirit. And then I get to make the decisions instead of Steve Baldwin. So because of that, I know you mentioned this, Devin Talbot, he was a huge part of that. And you mentioned uh, he sold his stake in the team in the form of a note. So uh, the form of a note, it's not a letter. I mean, it kind of is. It's a legal IOU. So it's saying that I trust Kang and she gets to represent my partial ownership of this club. And she gets to be the the governing face of my ownership, as well as these seven other minority owners. They did the same in converting their debt to equity with commitment to Kang. So they said, Kang gets to represent us. So after all of this was done, Michelle Kang came to own 52% of the spirit. She became the majority owner and the majority investor, and she took back the voting control. So at this point, Kang is in ownership of the Washington spirit. And it all happened so, so quickly through, through reporting, through reporting from the athletic and the Washington post, and even Michelle Kang writing a letter to the NWSL board of, of governors, explaining this, explaining the change in ownership, um, the confirmed purchase purchase and conversion of Devin Talbot and his note, which is his, his legal IOU saying that Kang gets to own this. Um, uh, Michelle Kang also claimed in that statement and her note that Steve Baldwin, quote, no longer has control of the team or the ability to dictate the teams of any sale. So that is huge, huge, because Michelle Kang essentially did this um, under the table and behind closed doors. And then when all was said and done, she came out and said, uh, stop. Steve Baldwin, you can no longer make any more sales. I'm in charge of what happens with this club now. Um, and we threw out this name, Devin Talbot, out there. So it's interesting to note that um, 
He is the one that pushed Michelle Kang's stake over the edge into what it claims to be majority ownership of that 52%. He was the biggest piece of that puzzle for Kang. Steve Baldwin is the one that originally brought Devin Talbot into the ownership before. So uh, Steve Baldwin and Devin Talbot, they were friends before. They they had partnership in this relationship before, but um, ultimately Talbot leaning towards and leaning into Michelle Kang and understanding that what she wants to do with this club is what is right for the club. So this all happened so quickly in, in lots of different reporting that was happening, but it's not over yet. I think that's the craziest part. And now fans are asking what's next. Right. And, and players, I think even the players at Washington spirit are saying, so what's next? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, ton of it raised so many I don't want to say red flags but it, it absolutely was the reporting that came out I think sort of rocked people who follow the league and and sort of also report on it and just sort of try to keep an eye on on the happenings w- within within the league the, the letter also even stating like this is a this is a woman who has been involved in business for a very very long time and even within that letter sort of saying like listen Steve and Bill have the legal they have the right to pursue legal action if they, you know, see fit. And this is mm-hmm. someone who understands that like listen, this can get kind of ugly in terms of, you know, the the legalities of things moving forward, but even in having that knowledge, wanting to show and sort of be able to obtain and have a path to ownership and stake in this in this club. And in terms of what's Next, I mean, we're paying attention to the calendar, right? This we're talking, we're maybe about two weeks or so out from preseason, and the reporting that's coming out of this situation is not slowing down. The most recent reporting, based on everything that has currently occur- occurred, sources via the athletic and reporting via the athletic are just sort of stating that the initial uh sort of agreement or sort of ongoing exclusive negotiating that was taking place between Lynch, between Baldwin and uh between Todd Bohini uh for the $25 million deal with an ownership group to come in and sort of take control of the Washington spirit are now stating that they are no longer interested in pursuing an ownership stake in the Washington spirit. So billionaire Todd Bohili, who was leading this $25 million bid, he's a co-owner of the Los Angeles dollar uh, Dodgers of Lakers sparks has a huge uh, sort of uh, foothold in other sporting areas and was leading an ownership group with this $25 million bid and just sort of said, listen, we are no longer interested. There's just, we kind of deeply mis, uh, misgaged and misunderstood the the lingering interfighting that was taking place between the ownership group for this franchise. We are out, according to these sources <laughs> via the athletic. And that just is another, this is just sort of one of these things when we're talking about what's next. Well, is there another shoe to drop? In this one, and there has to be because with that reporting, who is next in line? What is the option for this team to con- uh, continue with uh, ownership that looks different, that does not involve Steve Baldwin, that does not involve uh, Bill Lynch? And the 
additional reporting uh, via The Athletic is stating that uh, currently the NWSL Board of Governors is taking some things into consideration. And one of those things is perhaps gauging the legitimacy of the investorship group in the Washington spirit and the vetting process for these investors, which this is also sort of kind of, I think, rubbing fans the wrong way a little bit as they're sort of taking a look at this ongoing process, which is like, well, why wouldn't you have raised those flags when these investors were brought in initially? Mm-hmm. Right. Why? Why now at the tail end as as, as there is a new season that is that is approaching. So uh, that in terms of what's next, it's just. Is there going to be something else that drops? You got to, you have to imagine that what comes next is, is either the the sale of the team in some capacity uh, to Kang or more legal battles that will sort of uh, end up taking over the Washington Spirit. Although it seems simple, and for me, the very easy and right option, sell the team to Kang. However. I don't know if that's going to happen. I could see more legal battles happening. I could see Baldwin looking for other investors and and the aspect of gauging the legitimacy and the vetting process for these investors needs to be there because we saw everything that the league went through last year. Heck, everything Washington Spirit went through throughout 2021, uh, starting with Richie Burke and then this ownership battle and the anti-harassment policy out throughout the league and the NWSL uh, having their CEO resign and stepping down and Lisa Baird. The owner that needs that is going to come in and take control of the Washington Spirit needs to have a finger on the pulse of this league and needs to understand anything, uh, something, I'll say something about the league and something about the club. And the fact that the ownership group uh, that was uh, initially interested ultimately backed out uh, because they did a little bit of research. Clearly, they didn't know anything before they went into this sale and before they went into those meetings. And for me, that's the first red flag. Why are you going to sell the team to someone that doesn't even know what the NWSL is. They don't know what those letters mean. They don't know what it stands for. Is it a hockey league? What is it? That's unacceptable in my book. There are people out there, excuse me, why Michelle Kang, that know what the NWSL is, know what the Washington spirit is, know what the club is, knows who the players are, has actually met with them and talked with them. The players approve of Kang. Uh, It's, it seems so simple when we lay it out like that, and maybe we're missing something, Sandra, because we're not in those meetings, but sell the team to Kang, right? Like it's, it's interesting. We'll see kind of what comes out of it. If, if the NWSL and if the league steps in a little bit more, the board of governors to um, kind of help force Steve Baldwin's hand, or at least point him in the direction of Kang. If Kang makes another offer for uh, additional stakes in it to try to gain full control and full ownership of this team uh, for $35 million, that would do it. But uh, that initial offer offer maybe is off the table at this point now. Um, We'll see. There's Uh, so many moving parts and, and moving updates to this and the other shoe I think there is one. It's just a yeah. matter of what it is and when it's going to drop. No, and and in, and in that letter, like Kang emphasizes that she would honor that initial, yeah. you know, deal. So there's just there's just a lot uh, there. Um, pride and ego will 
often kill the most uh, sincere ambitions and uh, potential. And uh, it's sort of sad to sort of maybe wonder if that's part of this ongoing situation that's that's happening uh, for for the franchise uh, right now. It's uh, you hate you really hate to see it. I, I hate to sort of just limit it to that or, or for, into one sentence, but it's uh, there's no better way to sort of kind of surmise all that. It's it's really unfortunate that it's sort of coming to this and um, imagining that it's getting so much more heated um, as you know that February first. Uh, deadline kind of uh, of approaches, um, you know, especially when not only the not only is there a bid, an interested bid, it's a high bid, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bid that has uh, the backing of, of the players, quite frankly, um, you know. And this is this is a, a, a hefty sum of money, and we're talking about owners in terms of Baldwin specifically, who had mentioned in the past that, that there are full intentions to donate any like. Uh, shares of this sale to Washington soccer charities. So you are further, you would be further limiting those donations as well. It's just uh, you leave uh, very little uh, in the assumptions of people, right. To to sort of go ahead and uh, assume otherwise, basically. So uh, that's where we're at as of right now. I'm assuming we're going to have to hop back on one of these Lisa and continue to follow and update what's going on with Washington spirit when we will, but in the meantime, we want to thank everybody for listening as always. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast with a question. And Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back on Wednesday with more coverage and exclusive interviews for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.